You got the call. Welcome to the big leagues, kid. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy. Another off-season edition of the call-up here and a fun, exciting topic to talk about today. But before we get into the topic, I've got to introduce my co-host, Michael Richards and Vinny, a.k.a. Down on the Farm 8. Mike, how are you doing? It's going good, Mendy. Glad to be here with you guys. It's been a busy couple weeks since our last show. Uh, Last week, I was in the Toolshed Prospect Mock hosted by Eric Cross and Chris Clegg. Uh, going up against some of the best prospect minds out there. This week, Vinny and I are both in the Prospect 1 ADP mock put on by the Welsh. Uh, It's been fun, but the time off has allowed us to dig into uh, today's topic. You know, we didn't really cover a lot of these players during the season. So uh, how's it going, Vinny? It's going good. Now, this this mock has really taken up some time. You know, getting sniped on some picks, you know, having to think, you know, love, uh, love the competition. It's always it's always good. Vinny, what's the hat you got on? I couldn't tell. Um, this is the Peoria Chiefs, so they are the high affiliate for the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, look at that. We're in a high A hat on the call-up. That is how you do it, ladies and gentlemen. It's a very nice hat. If you have a chance to watch on YouTube, it's something I might have to put in my Amazon wish list here. Uh, but let's kick things off with the show tonight. We are talking first-year player draft hitters so these are guys that were drafted in this past mlb draft which spoiler alert the mlb draft order for this coming draft is actually tonight uh so what better time than to talk about the guys that were drafted uh this past year and of course it's headlined by a couple guys but there's a few other players that we need to talk about in terms of the hitting side we will of course start off with one of the cover boys on it in jackson holiday uh or no, uh let's start with actually termar johnson we're going to throw a curveball here and second base shortstop Pittsburgh Pirates prospect, 18 years old. And he has only had 40 plate appearances so far, but seven steals stand out six RBIs slashing 275, 396, 450, uh, only with a 24 and a half percent K rate so far between two different leagues here. Vinny, tell us a little bit about John, Mr. Johnson and what he could do for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, going into the draft, Tamar was right there with Drew Jones as, you know, best overall talent for this class. But he kind of separated himself. You know, Drew Jones took the upside. Tamar's more of a floor, I think, when it comes to prospect-wise. He has probably, I would say, the best hit tool in this class. The real question with him is if he'll ever, you know, tap into power. A small sample size, so I'm not really too concerned about zero home runs and 40 plate appearances, especially at low A. Like He'll eventually find power. He'll find one and put one out of the park. But what's really the almost like the caveat to him would be his double-plus speed. I think mm-hmm. you mix his hit tool and his speed, and you're going to have an exciting, ex- exciting second baseman. I think he might eventually become, but right now they have him as a shortstop. But he's going to hit. He doesn't strike out that much. And 
he's definitely like a franchise player. He is someone you really want to, you want leading your team. And the Pittsburgh Pirates need players that can be that type of uh, player for them down the road because they are lacking talent, at least at the big league level, but they have a lot of reinforcement coming on the way uh, with him, with Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez. There's a lot of different guys coming through the system here. But uh, is Tamar Johnson's your favorite out of everybody, Vinny, right now currently in the minor leagues for them? Yeah, for uh, – no, actually he's not. He would be second. I like uh, Andy Rodriguez over him, but he's – they're definitely almost in the same tier. Okay, that's high praise. But, uh, again, Tamar Johnson, somebody that looks like he's a lot of promise for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now we get to the cover boy. I was just a little excited to talk about him. The guy that looks like he's 12 years old, Jackson Holiday of the Baltimore Orioles. He's actually 18 years old. Also split time uh, between two different levels, 57 plate appearances, 238, 439, 333 slash. Did not homer, has six RBIs. K rate is what really stands out to me, at only 17.5% while walking in over 26% of his plate appearances. Mike, obviously he's looking to become one of the cornerstones of this up-and-coming Baltimore Orioles team that's really been rebuilding well through the draft and could be a couple of years away when he comes up with Adley Rushman, with Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall, Gunnar Henderson. This could be a, dare I say it, like another Houston Astros uh, dynamo or dynasty in the making here? Yeah, the Orioles have actually been really improving their prospect development over the last couple of years. You know, when I first got started with this in 2020, they were one of the middling tier type teams, but they've stepped it up big time. They're definitely in the top three now. But Jackson Holiday, let's get into him. My first impression when I looked into him, I should start by saying during the season when this draft actually occurred, I didn't jump into looking at all these players as much as some other people. So uh, I was in the middle of redraft stuff. So I'm kind of taking my first deep dive into a lot of these guys. And my first impression with Jackson Holiday is is he's got a plus hit tool with plus raw power. And Fangraphs has him listed for average speed. So my my first thought was this is probably like a Marcelo Mayer with a little bit more athleticism. But as I've been digging into more, a lot of these people, these uh, deep dynasty people that are really into these prospects that have looked into these players deeply, they're actually saying that he has plus speed as well. So if that's the case, you're looking at a, a rare prep player who has plus tools across the board. And the way that he's being drafted in these prospect drafts I'm doing, he's definitely considered the second best player in this in this uh, class, he's been picked over Elijah Green and Tamar Johnson in every draft I've seen, you know, some sometimes in the first round. So people really have high like uh, expectations for him. Now, if he doesn't, basically for me, it's going to come down to how, what his speed is really like. If it's average, he's going to be a really good player. Like I said, Marcelo Mayer with a bit more speed. But if he's got that plus across the board, I mean, you're looking at... Uh, a perennial like top 10 type of prospect and like i said he's already being drafted like in that range like in the 10 to 15 range in a lot of drafts by really smart people so uh, this is definitely someone to target in your drafts now you may not be able to answer this question mike so if again if you feel like you're not comfortable answering it you don't have to do you think the baltimore orioles made a mistake going jackson holiday over drew jones at the number one spot this past draft personally i do um just because I think there's no question about Drew Jones's speed. Um, you could argue Jackson Holiday might have a, a bit better hit tool at this stage, but 
overall, I think, uh, I mean, I'll get to Drew Jones in a bit, but I think he's a generational type talent and I would have taken him number one. Okay. All right. Then no, again, no slight to Jackson holiday who looks like a stud in his own right, but just curious to hear where you guys were in terms of if the Orioles maybe could have drafted a, a better player there in terms of your guys' eyes here, but both absolute studs. Next guy, we'll talk about Justin Crawford of the Philadelphia Phillies in 66 plate appearances so far this year, 241, 333, 276 slash. He's got 10 stolen bases over that time. Again, the strikeout rate, not too bad at 22.7%. Walking a double-digit clip. ISO is only 0.47. So right now, power has been non-existent, Vinny. Uh, what do we think about Justin Crawford and his potential future? I believe he is the son of Carl Crawford, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yes, he is Carl Crawford's son. Uh, with Justin, though, you're buying into his hit tool and his double-plus power. Um, right now, it's not really speed. showing. Double-plus speed. Oh, speed. Yeah, my bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, um, with Crawford, he has a nice left-handed stroke. He peppers the ball to all fields. Cool. And what I really want to see with him is how his body matures going into this next season. Because the frame, there is some room for him to maybe get into like 15 homers a year. But everything else I really like about him. He's very good on the bags. He's very smart. His IQ, his baseball IQ is out of this world. Um, he's on a very good team for uh, developing outfielding prospects of late. Uh, I just want to see it all click for him. It's small sample size and a in the complex, but I'm not digging too much into it. Cause I like the talent. I trust the talent. And again, coming from his father who was a stud at the big league level, I'm sure growing up around the game, having his father just help teach him the stuff. You can't, that's stuff that most people just don't get. So having somebody like that kind of help you along the way, show you the ins and outs. If he's struggling with something, he can ask his dad for certain tips. I think that go, can go a long way as well. I'm excited to see what Justin Crawford can do. Uh, as he develops here through the minor league system. Next player, Chase DeLauder of the Cleveland Guardians. And he actually is one of the older ones in this group. 21 years of age, selected 16th in these, this past MLB draft. Got a lot of great tools, including a 60 hit power, and also got a 55 hit tool and 55 speed here, Vinny. Or I'm sorry, uh, Mike. So, I mean, I, I feel like Cleveland Guardians are just money when whoever they take I'm expecting big things of. So why should that be the case again for Chase DeLauder? Yeah, DeLauder, I know he was a standout in college. He played at James Madison, so kind of got that small school thing going for him. He fell in the draft to number 16 of the Guardians. And as you said, they've been really good at making quality picks in the first round of drafts and even later. So when I started digging into the college crop, this is the most well-rounded player in the whole class as far as college players goes. And I don't think he's being drafted as the top college player necessarily, but me personally, outside of these top prep guys who are, have really high upside, this would probably be my main target because of the six foot four, 235 pounds, you know, 55 hit 55 speed, 60 power. There's, there's really no one that's from the college ranks that has that combination of things going for him. Um, you know, he hasn't played yet, and so it's hard to find, uh, obviously, any stats or those scouting grades could be off. You know, like if he actually has an average hit tool or average speed or, you know, above average power, that would kind of change my perspective on him. But from what I can gather, this would be the guy that I would tar- be targeting 
if I'm not able to get those prep guys and and I haven't seen enough first year player drafts unfold yet, but I I have to assume he's going after some players, you know, like other players that we'll talk about, like Brooks Lee and other more well known guys, Jacob Berry players who were drafted higher in the MLB draft, people who aren't looking deeply into this. And we see every year, you know, it changes the the guys who we value coming out of the draft, it changes a year later once we see the professional data. So this is a guy I would invest in right now, especially with uh, the price tag. I mean, he's got top 100 prospect tools and he's not being valued that way yet. Just curious if either of you have the ADP up, was he taken in either of your prospect drafts that you guys have? And then if so, whether it's the shout out to our buddies at Fantrax Toolshed, Clegg and Cross, or at um, over at Prospect One with the Welsh, uh, where was he taken in those drafts? Uh, he hasn't gone yet. We're not deep enough in the Welsh's draft, but uh, he was taken in the top 100. I don't have the exact number, but around 90 overall by Jeff Pontus or Jeff Ponce. I forgot. I don't know how to say his name, but Prospect Jesus, he knows his stuff. So, and they, and they were talking in the chat about how, you know, there's multiple people in the tool shed thing that were high on him. So I see some hype coming for this guy. And, and I see him moving up ranks even for a college player. Man, all right. I'm getting excited for Chase DeLauder, see what he can do. Uh, that many people already on him. Sounds like if you guys are listening and this is the first time you're hearing his name and you're doing a, a first-year player draft this year, make sure to keep an eye on, on someone like him uh, as you get into the later part of the top 100. Next player, Zach Nato of the Los Angeles Angels, a shortstop. He's also 21 years of age and actually – got up to as much as high as double a 167 plate appearances at 299 377 476 slash five homers 27 rbis and five stolen bases 19.8 percent k rate 180 iso now let me ask you here Vinny, is it because the angels need players that can play so bad is it because zach nato is incredibly good is it or is it a mix of both for why uh he's already up in double a compared to where everybody else is here I think it's a mix of both, but it's more on the side of he's such an advanced hitter mm-hmm. that that's why they sent him straight to double A. Like he only spent seven games in uh, high A. He didn't do that good, but he showed enough bat to ball contact that they had to get him out of there. And when he did start playing in double A, he was phenomenal. Like I watched him a couple times and he just he has that kind of swagger about him where you can tell that he's like the big star on the field. He'll do he'll make dazzling plays the ball just jumps off of his bat different like he's this is a very good pick for the angels and looking forward i think this might be the start of the change of the organization when it comes to prospect wise um if i were to comp him like fantasy wise i think he's the next coming of dansby swanson with maybe a little bit more a little bit more better contact but there is he is my favorite guy from this class, especially in this range. The strikeouts, I'm really not too concerned with. He just got thrown into double A. He's, you know, that'll even itself out next year if he stays a double A or he may even get promoted to triple A. But there is a lot to like with Zach Nito. I think every Angels fan listening just smiled when you said this is the start of changing of the guard with how the angels have had with their sister prospect system. And let's be honest, just in their farm system, they have not developed guys. They it's been bare as like a cupboard with nothing in it. It's just been absolutely dreadful 
And um, if that's the type of promise this guy has, that he's kind of the start of, of a changing of the guard there, I think that's very exciting for the Angels. And the skills do, do seem like they're there. And Dansby Swanson cop uh, has to leave Angels fans very excited. So uh, I will definitely be someone I will be watching and seeing what he can do. Do you believe it? there's an outside chance, uh, Vinny, that he could come up in September? Or do you think he's 2024? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you had to say close. today. It, it's very close. I think we could see him begin next year at AAA. And if that's the case, we could see him by September. But I'm I like I am all in on him. Like I would say I have him over the Logan Ohopi for their top prospect. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen so much from Neto, and they've they played together in Double A. So I saw both of them. I I liked Neto miles more than I liked Ohopi. Is it Ohopi, Ohopi, or Ohopi? I think it's I've Ohopi. heard three different ways. Yeah, it's I've it's heard Ohopi. Yeah, it's. Oh. We'll figure it out one of these days, but it's yeah. the it's the Luis Robert or Robert of catchers. Yeah, <laughs> let's get to the other big dog or one of the other big dogs here uh, that everybody knows about. Drew Jones, son of Andrew Jones, eighteen years old, just a phenomenal prospect. Somebody that looks like he could change the face of what the Arizona Diamondbacks have been over the last couple seasons. And goodness gracious, the talent coming through that system between Alec Thomas, between Corbin Carroll, between Drew Jones, between Jordan Lawler, uh, between obviously Brandon Fat, between so many guys, Jam- Dre Jameson. It is just unbelievable the, the guys that are going to be coming up through this Diamondback system and them kind of being the National League version of what the Orioles are kind of developing there, it seems like. Mike, let's talk about Drew Jones specifically, though. Is there a weakness in his game that you found? And what's his ceiling, do you think? Yeah, Drew Jones. I mean, I'll start by saying this after looking through the whole class, this is the clear number one pick for me. Uh, he's got an I- ideal projectable frame. Uh, I, if if there was a weakness, I'd say that some people would probably grade his hit tool as above average instead of plus. But many people believe he'll get to a plus hit tool. And, you know, you're looking at a plus hit tool, plus power with double plus speed. That's fantasy gold right there. I think we're he's following in the same track as Corbin Carroll and Jordan Lawler. And actually, I think he has even more upside than them, uh, which is crazy to say, especially coming out of high school. Uh, but this guy is a, a special talent. You know, there's still a long way to go, but I haven't been this high on an 18-year-old high school kid in, in at least five years. So, uh the potential here is it all tied to the development of a hit tool where it ultimately falls. If he ends up being a guy who's uh, hits for a high average, you're looking at a five category guy who's going to be the number one overall prospect on the line and probably a first round pick in redraft leagues. And if it all comes together, if he reaches his ceiling, we could be looking at the number one pick in redraft leagues in his prime. So I'm very high. I'm very high on him. There's very few teenagers that I am so enamored with that I would spend a first round pick on in a in a in a league like this because it involves waiting a few years. But this is one of those special talents that I would wait on. Wow, Drew Jones just appears to be an absolute stud. Um, him and Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas in the outfield for years to come sounds pretty pretty good. So. Uh, I look forward to seeing him hopefully get 
a lot more more exposure as he makes his way up through the minors. I'm sure, we'll see a lot of highlights on him uh, in the coming years ahead. Here, next player, a little bit more unfamiliar, Cam Collier, third baseman in the Cincinnati Reds organization, 18 years of age, and 27 plate appearances, hit nearly 400, a 370 batting average, 514 OBP, 630 slug, two home runs. Over that time, 17% K rate, 20% walk rate, 259 ISO here, Vinny. Uh, Cam Collier plays at a position, I feel like the infield between, especially specifically second shortstop and third base, I feel like the the Reds have so many players in their minor leagues at that. um, But he seems like he fits right in into one of the the studs of that organization. Yeah, Collier coming out of the draft this year was – one of the hottest upside names that could potentially go first to the Orioles. He was 17 years old playing at junior college and he was doing work. Like he right now, as he sits, he has at least a double plus hit tool and at least double plus power. Uh, It's all about how his body just develops similar to um, Justin Crawford. If he fills out healthily, like very healthy and lean, I think he could potentially be one of those 30 home run monsters that we really like. We don't really see that often, but the Reds organization is kind of a toss up because, you know, it hasn't been since recent. We've really been seeing studs start to come out of their, uh, their farm system. But what he showed in the complex league this year has me very excited. Um, He's probably going to stay at third base. He's more athletic than he looks. Um, like he really, his strike, his, uh, very good eye. He has a very good eye at the plate, very good discipline. He walks, he just won't steal. There's maybe upside of three or four steals a year. But uh, if we're talking about a three category offensive slugger with some bad upside, I like Cam Collier going forward. That's my guy. That's your guy. Uh, I mean, again, it'll be fun to watch him along with all those great red prospects that they have going through here. And uh, seems like he has a lot of great tools in his game. So we'll keep an eye on Cam Collier. Next player, Gavin Cross of the Royals, 21 years of age, has a little bit more to, uh, to him in terms of actually getting some plate appearances, 135 with a 312, 437, 633 slash, eight homers, 25 RBIs, four steals, Seems like he has a little bit more data to draw from here, Mike. And I, I love the ba- – I mean, I don't know if they're called the Baby Royals. It feels like they're the Baby Royals right now with the Major League team they have out there. feels like he could fit right in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, after looking at Gavin Cross and the Royals organization as a whole, I think you can make a strong case he's their top prospect right now. And based on where he's going in drafts, it's well outside the top 100 in all the ones I've seen. So – I think he's undervalued overall in first-year player drafts and overall prospects. Uh, you can make a strong case he's been the most productive bat from the class so far. He didn't make it up to double-A like Neto and uh, Brooks Lee, but his actual production in college and in the 135 plate appearances is quite good. The power is legit. He's going to have plus power. I think his hit tool is probably above average, so that's a good foundation above average with plus power. I think his speed's probably average, so... I don't think it's a huge upside guy, but I think he's got a really st- strong bat. Um, his, his statistical track record as an amateur is, is very impressive. So even if the scouting grades don't jump off the page, uh, there's still a lot to like here. 
And the Royals, like you said, they've had issues developing pitchers, but their recent track record with bats has been impressive. And if they're able to just get the most out of this guy, I, I, I just think he's another solid player that's going to be added to the mix in a couple years with Pasquantino and, and their other young core. So uh, if you miss out on those prep guys, uh, you know, Gavin Cross to me is about as safe as a pick as you can get in the first round, I think. And he plays outfield too, which it seems like that's where there's a lot more questions. You know, Bobby Witt Jr. playing shortstop slash third base, and then Vinny Pasquantino playing first base. Uh, and just, I mean, Kyle Isbell, the kind of jury's out if, if he's somebody that's going to be a regular or not. But I feel like if there's an area in the lineup, obviously with, with MJ Melendez at, at catcher, and then maybe playing like a, a corner outfield or whatever it is, I feel like this is a spot where there's less resistance, Mike, no? Agreed. Yeah. I mean, they, I think the Royals are really high on them. Uh, and, and like you just said, they're kind of stacked in the infield with young talent at this point. And I think when Cross is ready, he's got more upside or, or more, uh, he's a better, more quality player than like a Kyle Isbell. So I, I do see him being a starter for them when, when they're a good team down the road. I can't wait to see that. Even as a Twins fan, I love watching these young Royals play. He'll fit right in. Another, Big name prospect, top five pick from this past draft, Elijah Green of the Washington Nationals, was the top prospect in the organization until the San Diego Padres trade. 18 years of age, but so many great tools. Strikeout rate is a little bit high, but I think the potential on this kid, if the Nationals don't ruin him, is enormous. We were talking pre-show about how the Nationals have been horrible at development, but sometimes you get the prospects that just can rise above what they're doing at the minor leagues in terms of how they're being developed. I got to ask you here, Vinny, is Elijah Green someone that you feel like in your gut could he just could be so good that the Nationals can't ruin him? Well, hold on. We we mixed that up. I would, we got the graphics wrong. I'm going to talk about Elijah Green. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Mike. So, you take, you take so, Elijah okay. Green. Elijah Green. So the the big four for the preps, we got uh, Drew, Drew Jones, Jackson Holiday. Tamar Johnson and Elijah Green. Mm -hmm. I've seen Elijah Green going fourth in most of the drafts of those players, but this guy has massive power speed. And uh, basically, his scouting grades are a below average hit tool with 80 grade raw power and double plus speed. So, if the hit pool, if the hit tool improves, he's got enormous upside. He's basically big, athletic. He's got all the things. He looks the part. It's just can he get that strikeout percentage down? He basically profiles to me similar to like an Ellie De La Cruz. If he can get the strikeout rate even down to like 30%, I still think he's going to be one of those guys that has big numbers and like a high WRC plus. But if he's able to like actually show like legitimate improvements like a James Wood, then then it's like a toss-up, you know, for him being up in the mix with uh, Drew Jones. So I don't, I'm not as high on him because of the hit tool, but if you're looking for power speed and just pure upside, it doesn't get much more than this guy down the road. Are you worried at all, Mike? Like we said, we talked about that the Nationals just haven't had success developing prospects recently, that he's in an organization that seems like it could hamper him rather than help him blossom in terms of his future outlook. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not ideal when you when you have a prospect with huge upside like this in an organization that you're a little questionable on. But like you said, I think the talent here, if he's not completely lost with his hit tool, is just going to be so good that it doesn't matter what team he's on. 
maybe the nationals won't get him to his full peak down the road, but just the, the pure fantasy potential here is just mouthwatering. If, if he can just show that he's not completely overmatched basically with the bat. Mm, that's fair. Looking forward. Elijah green is somebody looks the part and seems like he's one of those like, really exciting players. That's going to be uh, just a, a highlight waiting to happen when you watch him play. The last player on the list of 10 we'll talk about before we get to the best of the rest. Brooks Lee of the Minnesota Twins shortstop, 21 years of age, 139 plate appearances so far, 303, 388, 451 slash. Finished the year in double A, four home runs, 14.4% K rate to 11.5% walk rate here, Vinny. And it's interesting with Brooks Lee because I feel like to mo- a lot of the people that aren't deep into the prospects, he's kind of a little bit more under the radar, but he seems like he could be the real deal. Uh, I don't or know. Not. See, Brooks Lee is probably out of all the list right here of these guys. This is like the one I don't like. Like I like the least. I what, think if he, more, what if he watches the show? Um, I think it's just, uh, if we're talking redraft and fantasy wise, I just think he's uh, going way too high for what his future value is. I think he's just more of a floor player. Like there's, he has an above, you know, above average hit tool. I don't know if he has an above average power. He has average speed. Um, but when you put those all together, he, it's just a, a floor play. Like he's going to be a solid everyday second baseman. That's going to produce, but he's not going to be flashy with it. Um, he produced, he came up this, or he got drafted this year, played in the complex for a little bit, then went to uh, high a, he, was very good there. And then they really were pushing it and they sent him to double a for two whole games. But with that little sample size, it's just, I didn't see enough to get super excited about him, but there is some things to like, like you don't really see a a second, a second baseman who will probably hit over 300 and probably knock in maybe 40, 50 RBIs. If I were to comp him, he's kind of like a, a Nico Horner light. Oh, that's not a good guy. Jeez, as the potential, man. I don't know if I like that. Plus speed. Yeah, with uh, maybe plus speed down the road, but I'm just not. I just don't see the hype of a top five first-year player draft pick with him. Interesting, interesting. Maybe there'll be a better path for that player to fit on the Twins if they trade Luis Arise, which was uh, floated in rumors the other day. Sounds like he could step in and be that type of player, uh, just like you said, like a Nico Horner type of guy. That could, uh, sounds like a top of the order bat is the way that he's destined to be at the big leagues, but nothing flashy. Yeah, pretty much. And if it comes down to Luisa Rise or Brooks Lee, I would keep Luisa Rise. All right. Then let's move on to our best of the rest. More bats to know. If you're not watching on YouTube, Jay, uh, Michael's going to go through some of the names on here and guys you should just take mental notes of. Um, so go ahead, Mike, list off. Uh, in Star Wars, it seems almost like Star Wars fashion, like they're going to scroll up the screen here. Why don't you give us some of these names? Yeah, obviously, we'd like to be able to talk in depth about all these guys, but uh, we only have so much time. So I'll just quickly go through for the people who can't read it. Spencer Jones for the Yankees. Chris Clegg took him in the top 100 of the tool shed draft. He's got 80 grade power and he had an under 20% K rate. So there's a lot of intrigue there if his hit tool is actually better than advertised. Drew Gilbert. He has a plus hit tool with plus speed, below average power. So, but if you're into the hit tool and speed, he got drafted by Houston. So, if they could develop some of that power, that's going to be intriguing. Jet Williams was someone that stood out to me. 
He's really small, like five foot eight, but he's got a plus hit tool with double plus speed. And I'm really intrigued by him. I think he's he's a, an impressive player for you know, kind of one of those players who plays with his hair caught on fire. And you know, he's going to be a, a popular player. Dylan Beavers has double plus power with an above average speed, so it's a hit tool concerns with him. But he's got some fantasy appeal. Parada is a catcher with an above average hit tool and, and plus power. Jacob Berry, I'm less in on him than most people. He's probably got an above average hit tool and power, no defensive abilities. I think the Marlins made a mistake drafting him. I would avoid him if he's going early. And um, yeah, uh, there's a couple more guys on there. I'll let Vinny uh, add in anything he wants to throw in, or maybe like Cole Young. Yeah, Cole Young. I the hit tool on him for a prep hitter to just come out of the draft and just destroy low A like he did this year was absurd. Um, if I were to, if I were to give a little hype, I would say he could, he has the tools to potentially be next year's Jackson Merrill. If you know, Jackson Merrill is the Padres uh, shortstop that blew up this year, but yes, he is a guy that I really like Jace Jung. I, am uh, not as big as other people are on him, but he does have an above average hit tool with some power, no speed, but he is limited to second base. Dalton Russian really blew up this year coming out of the draft too. He jumped two levels, went to, uh, went straight to uh, low A2 and just absolutely uh, uh, destroyed it. He has above average hit tool. He might even have above average uh, power, but we'll see how he keeps on going. Fabian was the big draft name last year who, you know, didn't sign. So he came back into this draft, fell to the second round, but he's another big power speed combo that maybe the Orioles could develop. They're very good at developing outfielders in recent years. And then Sterling Thompson is, an above average hit tooled outfielder with big power who will be playing at Coors Field and a nice left-handed stroke that's just going to absolutely kills balls in Coors Field. All right. Well, that's the great list of guys to add on to the ones you already heard. If you guys are learning something from the hard work and tons of research these two are putting in, please make sure you guys let them know. DM them on Twitter. Mike is at MP Richards 1981 and Vinny is at down on the farm eight. You guys can leave a comment on the YouTube video and one of us is make sure we answer them. If you have any questions about specific prospects or ones that we talked about on the show. And again, make sure you guys are just keeping up with your prospect stuff. Obviously, if you guys are watching this, it means you are prospect heads and that's a good thing. So please make sure you guys are staying up to date with all the news. Make sure you are again, following these two awesome, knowledgeable gentlemen and make sure you guys stay tuned every single week when we drop another call-up episode. But for Vinny, for Mike, I'm David. That's it for this week of the call-up. We'll catch you guys in the next one.